Hello and welcome to the Dobcast. I'm Erica Stacey. We're doing something a little different this episode and including the audio from a recent webinar where digital marketer and good friend of the show, Jen Everson and I discussed the topic of Facebook ads versus Google ads. This is an area we are asked about a lot with people often wanting to know which one they should use and which one is better. Spoiler alert, some aspects are similar, but they're also very different. And so in this episode, we discuss what Facebook ads are, what Google ads are, which you should use, when and for what purpose, and regardless of which you use, some key considerations each type. This original discussion was presented with accompanying slides, so if you're more of a visual person, you might want to check out the webinar video recording. You'll find the link in our show notes. Um, so yeah, thanks so much for joining in today. We're really excited to chat to you about Facebook ads versus Google ads. Um, it's something that Jen and I do get asked a lot by clients and students. So we yes. thought this is a really good opportunity to talk about the differences with you. And and I'm getting distracted by the comments now. Um, and hopefully share some insights about our experiences with, with campaigns that can help you decide between the two of them or ideally be prepared to use both of them in the yes. best way possible. And for anyone who doesn't know me, I'm Erica Stacey. Um, I'm the Google Ads a half of this conversation today. I've been working with Google Ads for nine years and started, um, it was actually the digital agency I worked for. I think it was my first week. Uh, our... Um, uh, overall office manager no that wasn't a title she had a better title than that but she's pretty much come to me my first week and gone we need you to set up a google ads campaign can you do that or add, add words like it was then and i was like sure oh, i can do that and i think i literally googled it <laughs> and that was so a little bit embarrassing to admit but that's how i set up my very first google ads campaign <laughs> And it was a tiny budget and it only ran for a few weeks, so a few things that I don't um, necessarily recommend. But it was my first experience and I've learned a hell of a lot since then with setting up campaigns and running my own and running client ones and now running our training as well. And it's an incredibly useful way of uh, reaching your audience. Um, Jen, over to you about uh, Facebook, Facebook ads. ads. So I've only been doing Facebook ads for six or seven years now. This is always like that. I've probably been doing it for a few years, but it's like for a long time. Um, I remember when the, there wasn't even like the ads manager platform. Um, and the ads used to be teeny tiny. Yeah, they were small. They've come a long way. Um, but yeah, over that time, obviously seeing um, Facebook ads become what it is now and seeing what brands and businesses can do with it. So have been able, mainly most of the um, work I've done is mainly kind of agency consultancy side, um, but did run like you, like yourself a few small, here's, here's a little bit of a budget, see what you can do. I'm pretty sure I Googled it the first time as well. You know, back then there weren't courses or anything. It was like, we're just going to figure out how to do it. So yeah, it's, if, you know, people who have met me, I've always said I have a love-hate relationship with Facebook and um, their advertising platform is something that I do really like because I find that um, it can be beneficial for businesses of all sizes to kind of help get a bit more um, traction with what they're publishing, what mm. they want to put out there. And they're making lots of regular updates to the ads manager yes. platform as well. I yes. Obviously, it's not an area I spend a lot of time in, but I've seen a lot of updates coming through my feed recently with some yeah. changes that are coming to do with measurements and bits and pieces. Yeah. Well. So I always say don't be surprised if you log in one day and then you log in the next day and it looks completely different. It's just, that's just how it is now. <laughs> I'm also adjusting. Well, I'm pretty well adjusted to the new Google Ads platform as well because yeah. that changed last year. And let us kind of stick with the old one for a while and then just get kind of nudging us over. And then towards <laughs> the end of the video, we're like, that's it. You're all moving. <laughs> so yeah. now I know where everything is. Well, hope, hope should hope yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm teaching others how to do it. Um, so that's a little bit about us. You'll hear a bit more about our experiences during the session as well. So just a quick recap of what we're going to be running through today. Um, we're going to be giving a high-level overview of what Facebook ads are, um, what Google ads are, Trying to answer the question, which one should you use? Yeah. <laughs> and then regardless of which one you use, whether it's one or the other or both, we're going to run through some important campaign considerations. So 
um, a fair bit to get through, so yeah. we better just jump straight in. Um, so ads. Ads are everywhere. Ads are everywhere. I think as marketers, we probably notice them a lot more yes. than people who aren't in our yes aren't in our industry. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, um, and particularly I all like a lot of the times I wonder about their strategy or yeah. the planning behind particular yeah. ads as well, which is really the, fascinating. There are sometimes I see ads and I'm like, how did you? group me in this because this is of no interest to me <laughs> so yeah we're very much focusing on yeah. good good ads <laughs> practices today because we want your ads to be as effective as possible so there's a lot of reasons why you would actually use online ads um the first one i know this is a favorite yeah, of yours Jen. this is so reach an audience you can't organically um obviously with social media you know it isn't the silver bullet, but it's a great tool to have in your marketing um, toolbox, if you will. And um, one of the things for those of you who do manage Facebook pages or Instagram accounts, um, any kind of social media accounts, you probably noticed over the last few years, your organic reach has gone down a little bit. Mm. Um, and so as I'm saying the other day, it's down to like one and two percent yeah. on large yeah. accounts and large pages yeah. on Facebook. I'm definitely seeing that mm. as well. And so, you know, ads are a good way where you can um, reach your current audience or obviously a potential audience. But um, I do think at the end of the day, you know, you need to remember that these platforms, um, they, they are a business and they do need to make money. And for the most part, they're not going to charge their end users. So, you know, businesses and brands who want to participate on them, you need to now think about having um, an advertising budget to reach mm -hmm. more people. We have had it really good for a long time. I so. know, oh, good old days. <laughs> <laughs> and it's still, for the most part, quite a cost-effective mm. method of advertising yeah. as well. So uh, we'll be talking a little bit about, um, you know, bids and budget and duration, but I guess some of the advantages with using online ads are that they are very flexible, that you can start and stop them very quickly mm -hmm. as opposed to, um, if you commit to a series of TV ads or radio yeah. ads or Print a billboard ads, that's yeah, appearing for a certain period of time, once you kind of sign that commitment, um, you are locked in for that that period of time. Whereas uh, ads, you you know, do have the ability to to make changes to your campaign um, while it's in progress. You can pivot easily. Pivot very easily. Love the word pivot. Um, and the organic reach is obviously from a Google Ads perspective when we're talking about search ads can be really, really useful if your website's not getting the organic search engine rankings you want, then it is definitely a way of um, getting um, that visibility in search results very quickly. Uh, it also allows you to tailor your messages and offers. So um, obviously we want to be thinking about all of the organic content that we're putting out and making sure that's relevant. Mm -hmm. But we don't always have the control about when and how people will see that, whereas with ads we can be very, very specific if we want people to see a certain message or a certain offer at a certain time or in a certain place. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of flexibility around that. Um, and then also the ability to target specific people as well. So we're yes. talking about targeting a bit today. So rather than the um, organic followers that you've managed to, to attract the user. There's so many other people you can target. And you don't, it's not a big like throw fishnet out there and see what you can catch anymore. No, no more spring prey. Yeah, which is one of the reasons um, I do like little Facebook ads, the platform. Like what you can target on is phenomenal. Mm, it is. And kind of creepy. <laughs> big brother-ish. But as a marketer, I love it. As a user, you just make sure your privacy yes. settings are all set. Yes, that's like a little side tip. Yeah, yeah. Privacy, privacy settings. Uh, so looking at the two main kind of online ad types, this is very, very broad, uh, but we have um, search ads. So search ads are an aspect of Google ads and they include shopping ads as well. So they're the types of ads that are triggered by keyword searches uh, where we're dealing with people who are actively seeking information on a particular topic, looking for products, looking for services, looking for information, looking for businesses, and those results generally appear in a search engine such as google.com.au, which is uh, or google.com, which is what Google Ads is related to. Uh, but those search ads might also relate to Yahoo ads and, and Bing yeah. ads as well, oh, but yeah, Google definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't, I shouldn't laugh. Google certainly has the lion's share of that search ads market 
And um, and then on the other side of the coin, broadly, we look at display ads, which can include video as well. Um, and display ads are the one that that cross both Facebook yeah. ads and, and Google ads in our discussion because that's where the ads are appearing in the platforms being used by target audiences. And there's a whole range of targeting options available. So as in those senses, I find that tend to be a bit more passive because yeah. we're actually pushing them at people. So I kind of liken it with thinking about these two ad types to that push-pull mentality, which is one of the big differences. So with search ads, people are actually looking for you. They're actively looking for you. They're seeking you. They are trying to, you know, you're pulling them towards you because they're reaching out looking for you. Yeah. Whereas display ads, we are pushing our content at them and hopefully it's the right message, the right time, the right person uh, who is, who is going, to, going to be attracted to them. I do have to keep in mind that display ads can be stopped by ad blockers. So that's just they're not completely fallible. Some people really dislike ads and, off. And, and install ad blockers. Um, so we're not guaranteed to reach absolutely everybody. But, yeah, broadly. So Google Ads. Um, when we talk about Google Ads, we often people do often think of just search campaigns. So they're those text ads that appear at the top of search results. Um, but Google's ad platform does actually provide five different types of ads. So there's going to be a little bit of an overlap with, with what we're talking about here. So um, search campaigns, those text ads, but Google Ads also allow you to create display ads, which include remarketing advertising. So those targeting people who have already visited your website um, and the display ads are shown on they can be shown on any website on the internet that uses google's display network so this kind of taps into google's adsense um, platform as well so any website can sign up to be an um, ad publisher on google's display network they can choose what types or you know categories or topics of ads they want to display and then they have um, spaces available within their website to show those ads which are automatically served up. So really, really broad reach there across a whole range of websites. You probably often see them on um, news sites. Mm. Uh, Gumtree.com.au gets a lot of a lot of visibility. They get a lot of their ads through there. And the websites themselves receive a couple of you know cents for each impression. So they get a bit of a kickback from displaying the ads on their site and kind of you know, providing their real estate there. Uh, the Google Ads platform also allows you to run video ads through YouTube. So they could be the um, pre-roll ads, mid-roll ads, or um, longer form ads. There's whole heaps of different options there with video ads. Uh, and there's also shopping ads, which appear in Google search results as well. And um, the newest category Google's looking at specifically are app ads. So where people specifically want to drive app installs and in-app purchases to their targeted mobile, uh, mobile devices where those apps are being installed. So you'll see this um, in uh, Google Ads when you're creating a new campaign. You can select between the five different campaign types that uh, search, display, shopping, video, and universal app. And just to reinforce what I meant by some of them, so this is an example of um, some Google search campaigns. So they're the, the couple of paid ads that appear at the top and sometimes the bottom of the search results, depending on what the keyword is. So you're not always going to see them in search results. Um, it's going to depend on whether or not people are actually getting on those keywords. Um, had to put one of these in. <laughs> so here's an example of a display ad. A friend of mine actually sent me this because I'm running some remarketing ads at the moment. <laughs> actually, actually, are you going to remodel your kitchen? Or? <laughs> no, I've, I've actually had a couple of friends send me these. I'm like, look, I just saw you. And I'm like, that means you visited my website. Yes. I'm running remarketing display ads. Um, so, you. <laughs> um, so this is an example of a website that uses uh, the AdSense platform or Google's display network to show display ads, um, in this case, picking up on my remarketing campaign. And then we've got shopping ads as well. So um, the little, uh, you'll see on the, the right-hand side, we've got our, well, sorry, on the left-hand side, we have our organic results that you would see when you purchase, uh, when you search for yellow shoes. And then on the right-hand side, these are all examples of shopping ads. 
So um, shopping games are really great for product providers and you actually don't even have to write the ads. You just submit oh, your really? feed. Yeah. yeah. You you need to make sure you have a really clean feed, but you submit your product feed directly to um, Google's Merchant Centre and it will automatically pick up the well, – you can choose which um, – pieces of information you want to display, but typically it's the product image, um, the product name, the price, uh, the location are the main ones. And then you can see across the, the top where uh, we can look, we're looking at all results at the moment. There's also images and then specifically you can go into shopping. So this is there's certain terms that try and trigger when people might be actively looking to buy. So it's a great way of connecting them directly with those products that they can buy online. So just a few examples of some Google ads there. Your tangent. Yay. Okay, so Facebook ads. I think um, probably the most popular ones are um, boosting organic content. So a lot of people use, people would be familiar with the blue button. Um, probably because Facebook pushes it. I everywhere. know. Facebook's constantly telling us to boost this. I know. I don't like the blue button only because you don't have as much um you don't have as many variables that you can work with and it really makes the um, the dashboard a bit messy, which I don't like. And when it comes to reports, kind of, sorry, yeah. I've just realized boost button is kind of like Google's version of AdWords Express, Probably, which is yeah. really limited. Yeah. So great if you just want to do a simple campaign and get started, but very, very little flexibility. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so that's probably the most popular one. I hear a lot of people going, yeah, I run ads, I use the blue button. It's like, oh. Um, but there are obviously other ads that you can run. So page likes, if you're looking to grow your community, you can run a page likes ad. Um, with post ads, obviously, you can do existing content. So that's all the organic content that you're pushing out. But you can also do unpublished um, posts as well. And there's a variety. It's not just single images. Like you can upload videos. You can have carousel, slideshow. Um, you can do collections. My new favorite yet on that list is the lead generation form. So um, doing things like, you know, um, increasing your email subscribers mm. is a great one. I was, I would say, you know, social is great, but you need to think about, you know, digitally, how does everything work together? And, you know, you own those email addresses. You don't necessarily own anything on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so if you've got a pretty strong, um, you know, if you've got a pretty strong community on Facebook, you can you know, turn around and get them to sign up to your email address. So. Mm. And those lead generation forms just make it so easy for yeah. the user as well because it automatically pre-populates the field. With yeah, so they don't even leave the platform. Yeah, they don't yeah. even leave the platform um, to sign up to your email. So if you have something like MailChimp, it's, it's really easy integration. It will automatically put them on the list you want them to mm. go on. So it's pretty seamless. It's just setting it all up. Mm. A lot of the email platforms are doing some pretty cool integration yeah. with ads at the moment, both from um, remarketing as well as yeah. the subscriber integration as well. Yeah, which is good to see. I think that just reinforces the, you know, you have to look at your digital strategy strategy holistically and how, like, how do all the different tools in your toolbox work together? Yeah. Oh, it's, um yeah, do have a look out. Yes, so Nathaniel's asked, does Facebook have something similar to remarketing? So yes, they do. Um, so see it's a Facebook pixel, so um, just install, you should have Erica install them on the website. Um, but same with Google Ads, you can um, remarket to people who have come to your website, to specific pages on your website. Um, you do One thing to keep in mind with Facebook Ads is you do have to have a minimum audience size of 1,000 people. So sometimes that's where remarketing, there's a bit of a hiccup. Um, if you don't have enough traffic coming to your website and you may have enough traffic, but you need to have people who are Facebook users coming to your website. Mm -hmm. So you can expand that usually if it's, if you're looking at um, one example I've got that I actually just ran was we wanted people um, to come to a specific seasonal package for an accommodation. There wasn't enough people coming to that page in the last 180 uh, days however when we took a step back and went to just all the packages that people were looking at we had enough people going to all of the different packages that they offered so we used that as the remarketing yeah. um, tool oh that's it that's a great way of looking at it and yeah. like thinking well they're definitely people who are looking at packages mm -hmm. so they're obviously interested as opposed to browsing other aspects of the website yeah um, and yeah we'll I think we'll chat a bit about more about remarketing oh, yeah. in the examples we've got as well because it's a really useful tool on there. 
Our site visitors, the only people we can remarket to on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. Well, the Facebook pixel, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was another question there from Keith about yeah. remarketing. Um, I guess to think about with remarketing, the concept of remarketing is showing ads to people who have already visited your yes. website. So whether you're doing that through Google ads or through Facebook ads, that audience is always related to people who have already visited your website. You can take a step beyond that, but it usually falls into more broad display or different mm. types of targeting where you might be looking, probably like jumping ahead here, but I know with Google ads, you can um, create audiences who are similar to website visitors Yeah, you can and, do and Facebook have the yeah. lookalike audiences. So it kind of piggybacks on that remarketing audience, but remarketing itself yeah. is generally people on your website as opposed to other yeah people who may not visitors. know that you are around yes uh so like jen mentioned there's a couple of different ad types well, lots of different ad types yeah a lot so we just popped in a couple of screenshots so when you um when you're not using the oh okay all right sarah see ya <laughs> um if you know when you're not using the blue boost button um and you're using the ads um, platform, the dashboard, it will give you options like this. So you'll see you can create a carousel, you can create a single image or video or a collection of images. Um, she's using, Erica's using a Mac. I'm not I'm Oh, Mac sorry. I'm, I'm the, um, like, ding, yeah. <laughs> um, So just another screenshot of when you're creating an ad, what that looks like. So you can, the nice thing about um, Facebook ads and what I like about digital really is the ability to test quickly to mm. figure out what's what's working and what doesn't. And sometimes, you know, what works or what's successful may surprise you. I have I have had that happen um, a lot during my Facebook ads career, um, and that's just you know it's just based on um, what users engage with or what they resonate with, and sometimes. I know some people who run ads, you do get too close to your business or your brand, and it's like this is this image is quote unquote on brand and it'll work, but then another image may take you by surprise. So um, I think that's where the new dynamic ads. Oh yes, dynamic ads are also my new favorite. So um, not all of the objectives, but some of the obje objectives within Facebook ads give you an gives you an option to run dynamic ads. And that's basically kind of doing all the hard work for you. So instead of um, coming up with, okay, here are four images I want to test with four different texts, but I have to do them in kind of a phased approach, you can basically pop in um, 10 images, five descriptions. You have your link, um, five different link headlines, a variety of call to actions, and then Facebook does the hard work for you and creates a, a all different kinds of variations to figure out which one is the best one and which one is going to work on it's like, your audience. Instead of A, B testing, it's like A to Z testing. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's great. Like I, um, especially if you're driving website traffic, mm. you know, that's an objective that allows you to use dynamic ads. I'm, I'm almost always now using dynamic ads mm. for that objective. And I think it's great. I guess with, and there's some similarities with the Google ads platform as well that, the advances with technology and a lot of this is coming from machine learning but it's great for us as marketers and advertisers being able to take advantage of it like you say we're not having to do that heavy lifting mm -hmm. with creating every single variation manually but just putting the um, content options that we have in and allowing the platform to to do those different combinations show it to different groups of people it's measuring the results yeah. and the effectiveness and it's automatically um, managing which ads uh, being shown more based on the response. Um, so I'll just say, Sharon, I have seen your question down there. I'm going to hold that one to the end uh, because we weren't going to cover that kind of account stuff specifically, but we can do that in our Q&A, so we will get to it. Uh, yeah, and so just an overview of different placements that you have, um, option options for placements within Facebook ads, obviously desktop feed, mobile, um, right-hand side column, Instagram stories, and then partner platforms. When you do create ads, uh, my tip is to have a look at how the ad displays across each of the placements. Um, sometimes your text can be cut off and it may look 
a little bit funny. Um, So it doesn't take very long, and it's really easy to view each of the um, different placements. So and there's 22 of them now. Yeah, there's a lot. There's. I swear, the last time I was in Ads Manager, there was nine. Yeah, and I jumped in to grab these screenshots yesterday, and I was like. So I haven't actually listed all of the 22 platforms, but from the drop-down menu, you kind of get an idea of the different places that your ads can be seen. Um, And I know sometimes it will say if it can't be shown in a certain place because the content doesn't fit or, yeah, like Jen said, there might be some placements where it doesn't look very good as well. So it's worthwhile picking through that list. The mobile newsfeed one I would say is probably mobile newsfeed Instagram if you're going to be um, using those placements are probably the most important just because mobile usage in Australia mm. is quite high. So a majority of your people will probably see your ad on the mobile mm. phone. And they actually preference that now as the first placement, which yeah. I always see is yeah. a, a bit of an idea. Um, and Google Ads is doing the same now as well. They used to actually show the desktop version of an ad preview and they've changed it in the last few months. So yeah. the, the mobile version's um, preferenced. And, and, yeah, Messenger Inbox, I'm seeing lots more ads. Mm-hmm. And it might be that case, like you said, of being more aware of ads, but I'm definitely seeing a lot more in my um, inbox now as well. Yeah, but when they're relevant, I don't mind them. Yeah. As long as, long as ads are relevant to me, great. Yeah, that's going to be our biggest, biggest tip. Yeah. So a little bit of an overview of the two platform types there. So which ad type should you use? <laughs> <laughs> this is the million-dollar question. And going to really probably annoy some people by saying it depends yeah <laughs> it depends on what you want to achieve and what type of content like what type of assets you have yeah and there are going to be situations where both of them might be suitable yeah so it is going to be that consideration of whether or not you can afford to do both of them mm-hmm. from a time perspective as well as budget yeah and energy and effort um or prioritise um, which uh, which platform is going to help you achieve what you want or yeah. reach the type, right type of people. One of the things um, I've started to do when working with clients across ads is because Facebook, you can start those ads at a dollar a day, which mm-hmm. is great, but remember, you get what you pay for, so <laughs> you're not going to be getting thousands and thousands of people, um, reaching thousands and thousands of people in a day. But... Um, over time, so the one I had, the example I had mentioned earlier about the uh, remarketing to a specific specials package versus the package section of a website, um, same client, we have, we've been running Facebook ads for a while and um, we've now decided Facebook ads is a great way for us to bring brand awareness to their business. So we're introducing um their accommodation to people who may not know that they're around because they're a small, smaller accommodation business. And now we're going to complement that with Google ads with the harder call to mm-hmm. action to actually book something in. Um, Cause we, you know, when we were doing that harder call to action on Facebook, people just, I think when you're, when people are in the mindset of like cruising through their Facebook page, they're potentially not ready to book a big, big ticket item, but you can use Facebook ads to get them to your website. And then, remarket them with Google ads. So it's really finding, I, I find for me, it's really finding, you know, what, um, what objective is working best. And there are, there are some clients and businesses that I work for where, yeah, we can get people to buy something from an online shop from a Facebook ad. That's probably a, a smaller price point. Um, so we don't necessarily have to do Google ads, but we may introduce it if there's like a big launch of a new product or anything like that. Mm. So it's really, yeah, like Jen said, I'm thinking about, what you want to achieve with your ads and potentially starting off with one as well mm. and, then, and then growing rather than trying to jump in and do do everything at once. But definitely thinking about how you want to reach your audience or how yeah. what your audience is actually doing. So particularly like thinking about search campaigns because if we go back to that idea of you've got search ads and then you've got display ads, which could be either on Facebook or um, through Google's display network, is if you're thinking about running um, search campaigns in Google, you have to ask, are people actually actively searching for your business or organisation, your products, your services, or other keywords or terms related to your business? So, and this is something um, I had a client I was working with last year who had a very new product 
it was actually, and we did a bit of keyword research um, and it was so new and innovative. No one was searching for it because they didn't know it existed. So that's something you've got to keep in mind as well. There's going to be certain terms and situations. So yellow shoes, for example, people are searching for yellow shoes. People are searching for plumbers and accountants and web developers and Mm -hmm. all those, you know, there are certain industries and products that we know people are looking for. And that's a really great way of using um, Google search campaigns. But if you are actually in quite a a new area where people might not be looking, that's, that's going to be an important consideration as to whether or not search campaigns are relevant and in her case we ended up using Facebook ads because we knew what type of audience would be attracted to the product but we needed to actually introduce the product to them. So if you are thinking about doing search campaigns um, and if that is, you know, if you're aware already that people are searching for your product but maybe they're not finding your content organically, a couple of tools you can use to research that are keyword tools. So um, things like KW Finder, they've got a free account where you can go in and type your search term in. It'll come up with related search terms and let you know the actual volume of people who are searching for those terms each month. So like I said, you have a very unique product that no one's looking for, or maybe you have to be a bit creative with, you know, maybe they're searching for a solution for a problem, but they don't actually know that the product there could be some creative connections you can make there. Uh, but you need to have some clarity around whether or not they're, they're looking for what you have, first of all, before going down that um, search campaigns path. Uh, you can also look at your organic search traffic in Google, Google Analytics. So you're already getting a lot of search traffic, um, which in which case is great, but you, know, you can enhance it and get more from search with using Google Ads, or perhaps you're not getting very much search traffic uh, and rather than investing time and energy into SEO and kind of getting those long-term results, which I always recommend you should do, um, Google Ads are a really quick way to get to the top of those search results as well. Um, and then, yeah, because you're looking at your organic search ranking. So, you know, if you are an accountant in Adelaide but you're tucked away on page six or seven or eight of Google, it might be worthwhile doing yeah. some, some ads if you're looking to generate some new business from people looking for accountants in Adelaide. Um, so that's kind of, you know, thinking about that push-pull mentality of people actively searching and whether or not Google search ads are the way to go. And then, yeah, on the flip side of the coin, it's whether or not you want to consider targeting new audiences um, with using display ads uh, and whether that's, using all of Facebook's kind of display ad options mm-hmm. or Google's display ad options um, or that opportunity to reinforce your message or offerings to an existing audience as well. So whether yeah. it's using something like remarketing um, or your email subscriber, which yeah. you can upload to Facebook I know, as well. hot tip. If you didn't know, you can do it. You can. It's amazing. Again, there has to be a minimum. So you got to have a, a pretty healthy, strong email list, um, but your um, audience needs to be that minimum of 1,000 people. So Yeah, so there's... All different ways between both Google Ads platform and Facebook's platform that you can target uh, new audiences, but predominantly they're based around their demographic. So you can identify, like, you know, do you want to target men or women or people of a certain age? Yeah. Uh, they live in a certain area. Yeah, all of kind of those factors. Um, you can target them by their interests. So, like Jen said, it's kind of a little bit creepy how yeah. far you can target people on Facebook ads, but it's all based on the information that we give Facebook. Yeah. Uh, so it can be related to you know what pages they like, um, what their kind of general interests that they have put through their yeah. profile and, and previous habits as well. Uh, we can target based on behaviour. So, like we said, website visits are something that's that's used for remarketing and even visiting specific pages. Uh, and Google Analytics has actually integrated their audiences with Google Ads recently as well. So you can create any custom segment within Google Analytics and automatically send that over. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> automatically um, send it over to your, to your link to Google Ads account. So previously it was still pretty cool because you could do, you know, website visitors, um, people who have converted, haven't converted, and people who have visited specific pages or pages that appear in different sections of your website or have different terms in them. Um, but now we can create some, yeah, really, really, it's probably a good thing and a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> create some really detailed audiences. Um, I think with 
especially when it comes to interests. I know on Facebook, there's so many to choose from. Obviously, you can really dial in on who you're wanting to get your message out to. I do think it can be a good thing because then it's it's quality over quantity, yes. right? Like if I'm, I do my classic, like I am selling a takeaway coffee cup. Um, I can target people who like specific things around coffee or specific coffee brands. Um, again, it's not putting that fishnet out, the whole fishnet out there saying what you can catch. Like I'm going to make sure that it's, um, my messaging is going to people who I know would be interested in my mm. takeaway coffee cup. <laughs> One day I'm going to start this business. <laughs> and we're all going to see your ads for takeaway yeah. coffee cup. I actually, and again, Facebook ads are my area. But I'll see what you think about this. I actually don't mind sometimes when Facebook tells me your audience is too small. Yeah. Because when I have a very specific message mm. that I know I want to get to a specific group of people and there's the um, little counter little dial, that the, yeah. the dial on the right-hand side that's like your audience is too too broad or too big mm. and then, it's, you know, if it's in the middle, it's green. Um, I, I don't mind if mine's a little bit to the right and it says that it's too small because yeah. usually I know it's people who have visited a particular page or they yeah. have a very specific interest that I yeah. definitely want to get that message to them. Yeah, I actually, um, even before starting campaigns, I always have a look at the audience size because it's all good and well if you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to run a Facebook ads campaign. But then come to find out, like, don't create your assets and videos and everything before you go and research your audience because your audience <laughs> – just maybe too small. It's happened to me before. Yeah. Um, and it's just too small to do anything with. So you either broaden it or you look at another solution. Mm. Google ads. <laughs> and that's a great thing you can do with the ads manager as well before committing to setting up a campaign, mm -hmm. before putting any money behind it, before saving any of the settings, you can actually go in there and play around yeah. with, with the audiences and kind of go, how many people in South Australia yeah. like coffee and yeah. might be interested in my coffee cup or in a certain postcode radius yeah, or, that or like all the major cities or whatever it is mm -hmm. yeah so i actually do that research before jumping in as well similar to what uh, i said you could do with your keyword research as well so what keywords are people actually searching for is it going to be worthwhile it's definitely worthwhile doing that background research and thinking about your audience um and how how big they are before jumping in because it will also answer a lot of questions yes. in regards to budget yeah down the track as well so <laughs> I <love> this one <laughs> Don't think we're going to have to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was just one example, and we've talked about it a bit with with remarketing, um, and it does involve either uh, having the actually Google Ads makes it super easy these days with with Google Analytics. It's automatically um, providing your ads and analytics accounts are set up correctly uh, can automatically track and, and create those lists of website visitors. And then, yeah, to use remarketing on Facebook, it does need that Facebook pixel installed. Just, so you can, just a snippet of code. Yeah, yeah, you can create that pixel within your ads um, ad account and it's unique to each ad account. Yep. I'm like, I don't know why I'm explaining this. Yeah, no, no, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Correct me any um, so yeah, so it's just that, that snippet of code that needs to be installed in your site. So at the very base level, it can be used for um, uh, remarketing, but there's also some pretty cool stuff you can program with the Facebook pixel as yeah. well to track when uh, Facebook users then end up later converting on your website mm -hmm. or setting up different events to track, you know, have they put something into the cart but not actually checked out, yeah. in which case that may be a new abandoned cart audience, <laughs> all of that type of fun stuff. A little bit creepy when we talk about it. Uh -huh. um, so regardless of whether you do Facebook ads or Google ads, there are some important considerations for each of the campaign types that we want to run through. And some are going to be um, considerations for either type, uh, both, and some have a few kind of specific caveats there as well. The first one is having a campaign goal. Yeah, probably the most important one. <laughs> and this is where... Whether you're starting a Google Ads campaign or a Facebook campaign, they will ask you this at the very yeah. start. What is your campaign you goal? So with Google Ads, this is what you're generally shown. It's going to ask, are you actually trying to drive sales or leads or website traffic when you're looking at search campaigns? They also have some other goals in regards to brand awareness as well. So display advertising is generally really good for um generating brand awareness because obviously you're getting your ads on lots of different places that your target audience may be and they may not know about your product already. 
Whereas when we're investing in search ads and we're looking for people who are typing in keywords and we actively want to bring them to our website, we're generally looking to um, generate sales from them or leads. So if it's more of an inquiries for a service-based business or website traffic as well. So really important to think about what you actually want and have one campaign goal or objective Super important okay. with Facebook ads because you can actually pick from 11, is it 11 now? Still 11 objectives. Um, and so when you think, uh, like when you're thinking about your campaign goal, make sure it's one objective per campaign. So um, a while ago I had a, I worked with a client that they created these amazing videos and they set up their ad campaign and, you know, it's like, we just aren't getting the video views that we thought we would with the money we're spending. Um, and so I went in and had a look at um, how they set it up and I think they had picked reach as their objective. So Facebook is really just looking to put that ad in front of as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. And so we switched it to video views. So, you know, Facebook is looking to put that people who are most likely going to watch videos. And we saw, you know, obviously then the ad did what we needed it to do. We saw a lot more views on Facebook, um, on the videos that they had created. So, yeah, so just be really mindful about, you know, what objective um, you want to hit when you're um, running your ads. Mm. And it may mean that you need to run a couple of campaigns yeah. as well. So like we said, if it is new, it's good to pick one cam- uh, one campaign objective and start off with one thing and grow from there. But there might be, you know, you might have one audience that you want to drive brand awareness with, yeah. like I said, with the, like the people who, who don't know about your business already that you actually want to reach new people versus people who already know who you are, who are actively mm-hmm. looking for you, who you are wanting to convert. Yep. So thinking about different audiences, different campaign objectives as well. Um, and particularly when it comes to, like Jen said, with that video views example, conversions is a big one with that as well. So if you're actually looking for sales or sign-ups or people to do something specific, then definitely look at, at picking that type of goal because the way that these platforms work is it's going to automatically show those ads to more people who are like the people who have converted, yeah. which is essentially what we want. So it doesn't you might not, not get the um, the wide, broad range, but like we said, it's we're kind of avoiding that spray and pray approach mm-hmm. and really trying to target people who are going to do the thing that we want them yeah. to do. Uh, so we have talked about audience a bit already, but once you have, and they do kind of overlap, so it does kind of go hand in hand, but you um, are going to have to pick your goal and objective, but then you're actually going to have to define your audience in some way as well if you haven't defined them already. <laughs> and this would be my second big recommendation. <laughs> Don't try and target the same audience with multiple campaigns. Yeah. Not at the same time. No. If you have that phased approach. Yeah. You can, you can definitely run into, like, content or ad fatigue quite quickly. Mm, mm. And um, with, I mean, like any other content on, on Facebook, you know, people can report it and people yeah. can, you know, hide, hide ads and, and they can report, you know, why they, uh, sorry, they ask why, why they're hiding it as well. Uh, and that's just something to keep in mind if you yeah. do get a lot of complaints. It yeah. It be an issue. So it's not, it might seem easy um, to just kind of set up one audience and target Blast one everything. <laughs> so you need to be really thoughtful about um, what you, yeah, what, what you want them to do because you don't want them to be confused either. Like you've asked me to do a million things. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to dismiss you. <laughs> so I have an analogy. I'm going to use it in an update a couple of weeks ago. But I did a very, very short stint at an ad agency which was awful. But one of the one of the best pieces of advice I got from our manager there was in regards to the way that they – and this is like traditional ads. This is like 12 years yeah. ago or something. So we were talking about radio campaigns and TV campaigns. And he kind of said, you've got to think about – it's like you're throwing a ball at someone. And mm-hmm. if you throw six balls at someone at the same time, they're probably not going to catch any of them. No, they're not be angry with you. <laughs> but if you throw one ball at them, yeah, they've got a really good chance of catching it. So don't try and give people too many things, too many options, too many things to do. It's, you know, if you've got one objective, one message, obviously, you know, you can word that in different ways, but they're going to be seeing one of those ads and um, they're going to have a much better chance of, of doing what it is that you want them to do. 
So we did touch on this before. There are different ways you can define your audience. So there might be um, demographics that you're using. If you know that there's a particular gender or age range that you want to reach, um, they might be in a particular geographic location. They might already have particular interests um, either related to your organisation or a similar organisation that you can kind of hijack. Um, there might be topics. So some of these terms are going to vary between the Facebook platform and the Google Ads platform. Um, but So Google Ads refers to them as, as topics. You can choose what they're interested in. And then there's behaviour-based um, audience definitions as well. So with something like remarketing, we don't oh, – you can still, you know, put some demographics. Yeah. Um, targeting around it as well but with something like remarketing we generally go if somebody's gone and looked at this package yeah. or looked at this particular page they've demonstrated interest in it we just want to show them the ad regardless yeah we're not they're already and, a warm lead yeah we're yeah. not going to they try and knock down and go oh no no we actually only want to show it to people yeah. at this age or in this, or this location uh, so you can overlay some of these but it's going to kind of depend on, on what that overall objective is there as well the budget <laughs> budget question <laughs> And this is going to be affected by your audience as well. Yeah. So like Jen was talking about audience size before, um, a lot of the, the way that these campaigns work these days are, like, you know, you want to reach the people, you've got to pay the money. Yep. Yep. So thinking about things like how much are you able to or willing to spend on an ad, how long you can sustain it for, what's your cost per conversion, and I haven't put this in there yet, what your audience size is as well. Because yeah. if you've got... $50, you might not be able to reach everyone in Australia or everyone in the world. <laughs> yeah. You might need to kind of rein it in a little bit. Yeah. So while it's still a really cost-effective form of advertising, you've got to be realistic with how many people you're going to want to reach. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, when it comes to budgets, obviously I said earlier, like you, you need to have – a there needs to be a Facebook advertising budget, even if you don't have a campaign that you want to run today. Um, there are some evergreen campaigns that I've always encouraged people to run, but um, there needs to be some money put aside and, and not to make it digital versus traditional. Um, but one of the reasons I love digital and Facebook ads is because I can work with a smaller budget than it would take for me to print a, get a billboard printed. Um, and I can run away more as do you know and as many pivots as I need to with that budget but it also um, gives you that flexibility to test a few things in the beginning mm -hmm. as well so if you just you know take your overall budget and say okay we'll use 10% of it for testing purposes just to see what is going to be the most successful and then we can use the rest of our budget on what we know works with that particular audience yeah yeah it's, it's definitely just going to be a case of kind of I mean, with all of this, we are we are testing, we're putting a bit of a plan together, but we do need to just kind of jump in there and, and have a go as well and yeah. have a go for a decent amount of time. I'll talk about duration in a second, but that's going to be a consideration mm -hmm. as well. Um, and it is still really cost-effective. I know I mean, it is a bit of a how long is a piece of string thing because particularly yes, when you're yeah. talking about search ads and keywords, that's going to be affected by the cost per click for a particular keyword. And that cost per click is based on how competitive the keyword is. So how many other people are also wanting to bid on that keyword. So I've seen ad campaigns with some keywords where you're only paying a couple of cents cost per click. Mm -hmm. um, and there can be some that are up to $15, $20, $40 cost per so click much. depending on how yeah. competitive they are. And that's where, again, doing a bit of that research and tools like KW Finder or the Keyword Planner within Google Ads will actually give you an indication of how much your cost per click is. So that's going to affect what your budget needs to be. And um, in Google Ads, generally I run kind of like long-term, either ongoing or um, campaigns that run for at least three months or more. Uh, so we tend to think more in, in daily budgets and then working that up to a um, monthly budget and putting that into your marketing uh, planner. So again, this is very, very rough, but I would always recommend people, um, and this is looking at like within Australia and within South Australia, it's a bit easier because we've got such a small population. Uh, but looking at starting off with say $10 a day for search ads is usually pretty healthy and pretty comfortable. Yeah. And that works out to $304 per month. <laughs> the way that Google calculates um, it's, it's monthly budget. 
And for remarketing and display, you can often get away with that, like with that like $5 a day because it's, it's display ads are generally much, much cheaper and the cost, um, uh, sorry, click-through rate is usually a lot lower there as well. But then it's going to depend on your keyword because yeah. if you've got a $20 keyword, you're not going to be getting any clicks with a $10 yeah. a day budget. Um, but if your keyword is, you know, $0.10 cents or $2 or, you know, $2.50, you could be getting four clicks a day yeah. with, with, a, with a $10 daily budget. Um, and then that's going to be, like I mentioned that last point, what your cost per conversion is. So you're going to have to think about how much you're willing to spend based on what it is that you're selling. Mm-hmm. And if you're selling um, a $5 coffee cup, you're probably not going to want to be spending $5 oh, cost no. per click. Yeah. So it's going to have to be a proportion of how much the thing is that you're actually selling. Whereas if you're selling a holiday package, which mm-hmm. is worth hundreds or thousands of dollars, you might be comfortable you know, be, with a higher. Yeah. So that's going to be, um, be a consideration as well. So you have to do a little bit of maths in that regard to think about you never get away spend. They <laughs> should just do maths these days, like based on campaign. I know. <laughs> I'd be interested then. Um, and you are going to have to think about your campaign duration as well. So is it going to be something that you're running as an ongoing campaign? So a lot of the kind of generic search campaign ads that we do in Google Ads are often set up as ongoing campaigns that we just want to have an um, ongoing flow of, of traffic from search going to the website or there might be specific uh, campaign um, start mandates. Yeah, campaigns yeah. are starting mandates. Thank you. <laughs> so if you've got a school holiday special or a Christmas special yeah. or an event, you and might be working back. Mm, you might be working back with starting to advertise that, you know, four, six, eight weeks out leading up to school holidays when people might be searching for it um, and having that start end out there. And that's obviously going to affect your budget as well if you mm-hmm. have to pick a daily budget how long is the campaign going to go for or can we maintain this budget indefinitely? Yeah. Um, that being said, you can always increase or decrease budgets as well. Yeah. So if your campaign is going well, yeah. you know, and you're actually seeing that return on investment, you're getting sales from it, you're getting leads, it can be worthwhile and, you know, bumping it up an extra few dollars a day. Yeah. Um, the great thing about ongoing campaigns as well is you can pause them at any time. Yeah, same as Facebook ads. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind. You don't always have to set in a start and end date because usually when there's a start and end, you can't restart it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it can be good to just call it an ongoing campaign, but know that you can go in there at any point in time and pause it. So I've got some clients who pause their search campaigns over Christmas break when they're closed because um, they're not actively yeah. in the office answering yeah. and they don't want to be spending that extra money. And usually people aren't searching as much for some no. professional services over that break, so it yeah. just saves everyone a little bit of money. Um, and then we just unpause them when they come back. Yeah. It's all the same with Facebook ads. <laughs> yeah. They're so similar. No, <laughs> just different different platforms. Yeah. Creative. Creative, yes. Okay, so my tip on creative, this goes hand in hand with defining your audience. You need to think about the way you talk to someone who's in their 20s to 30s is probably going to be a little bit different than the way you talk to someone who may be in their 50s or 60s. So when um, I work with clients on coming up with creative, defining your audience is so important because if it's, you know, we actually target three three different age groups. It's like, okay, the images, the video, the coffee we use mm. is going to be quite different. I have like young people looking for a romantic yeah, yeah. time away versus a family. Yep, exactly. Versus older people yeah. who might have different interests. So that's going to be an important factor as well. I've just noticed the time. So we're clearly going to tick over our hour mark. Hopefully you can stay with us. If not, we're going to keep going and you're going to get the replay of this video later on. I always overestimate how much we can get into these things. And yeah. chat too much. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just recapping a couple of those slides. Um, for Facebook, that show the different types of creative you can use. So you can choose an existing post um, from your page or from your Instagram account. Yeah. We should have kind of like touched on the fact yeah. that Instagram um, ads can be run through, through Facebook Ads Manager. Or you can create a new ad using a whole range of different formats and then upload those different um, images, pop in different text, uh, preview how it's going to look on the different placements, use that dynamic ads option Yay. where you can put in all yeah. sorts of images. It doesn't have to be 10 exactly as well no. as like up no. to these ones. Um, and I believe you can add kind of add in extras as you go as well. Yeah. yeah. You can edit. Yeah. Um, 
And then select your placement, so where you actually want your ads to appear. And this is going to then vary depending on which platform you're using. Yeah. But we chatted through some of these before, so Facebook's got potentially those 22 different placements you can choose from. <laughs> there, there actually have been some instances where um, I have run a different ad on Facebook to what I run on Instagram. So then in those instances, I, I pick, like, I only want this ad mm. to run on Facebook. I only want this ad to run on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So um, I think just it comes back to your creative and potentially your um, objective, your call to action. So think about how users use Facebook versus how they use Instagram and how they may um, how that may change um, the type of ad that you set up. But it's not very often that I I, I do there. A lot of people say, I, I just, there's so much I want to control with Facebook ads. Like I want to pick the exact placements and I want to pick the um, cost per conversion or bid or whatever. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, Facebook is a beast and they want you to continue to spend money with them. So you have to trust that they're going to do good by you mm-hmm. and try to get your ad um, in front of as many people or, you know, fulfilling your objectives as possible. So there is a point where, yes, you can control every single variable. But I also say just just Facebook knows what they're doing when it mm-hmm. comes to this. Their ad platforms come a long way. Let them do what they know. What Same with doing. Google as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. quite similar here. And like you said at the start there, because we are, you know, it's, it's free for users to use Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's free for people to search on Google. This is the way they make their money and people are only going to keep using it yeah. if it's a good experience um, and they're actually getting the results there as well. Um, well, I'll just say, while you said you would sometimes use those different creatives in different places, um, for someone who was just starting out, providing the ad looks good in all of the placements, would you recommend that they just run all the yeah. placements with their first campaign yeah. and then see yeah. what the results are like. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. to make it simple, mm-hmm. don't, don't overcomplicate it <laughs> if it's going to be the first one you're running. Yeah, because you do have, I mean, often when we talk about Facebook ads, we just think about ads that appear in the feed, but as you can see, there are a whole, whole range of different places that those ads can appear. Um, and, yeah, Instagram feed, I'm seeing a lot more on Instagram stories yeah. now as well, and they get quite a lot of good engagement and having to click through mm-hmm. from ads. Instagram stories is really good. So it's worthwhile, you know, making use of all those placements you have available um, in, in those and seeing ads. what works because one placement could surprise you. Mm. You may not think Messenger inbox works, but, jeez, yeah. that one worked. All right. There's a few other apps I use where I see when I'm running ad campaigns and I see them pop up sometimes. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. All these random screenshots on my phone where I've seen people ads show up. And this um, screenshot's a bit crunchy, but uh, I mentioned that um, the topics and placements that you can do with uh, Google Ad Campaign Networks as well. So it's a, topics are essentially the same as, as interests for Facebook. You can go through and choose where you want uh, sorry, what type of topics the browser is interested in. This is something important to keep in mind with um, Google Ads and the way they've kind of changed their placements for their um, display ad preferences recently. So kind of going back a number of years, we probably used to spend a bit more time choosing the exact websites we wanted our ads to appear on. And there can sometimes be a bit of ego in that as well. Yeah. Like you want your ads to show on a certain website. Yeah. Um, but the way that the platform has moved, which is again is indicative of um, the results that they're getting, is to think more about your audience. So it's less about the exact websites and more about the type of people that you want to see your ads Mm -hmm. in all of the different places that they're looking because there could be some really quite small niche websites that are using Google ads that you would never think to choose as a placement, but they might be really relevant to your audience. So that's why I prefer to use um, topics over choosing specific website placements. You can still see exactly which websites your ads end up showing on um, and sometimes you will get, you know, some of the big news sites and travel sites and real estate sites as well. Uh, but think more about, you know, who is my audience and what are they interested in? And the great thing about remarketing as well is your ads can end up in so many places. Yes. <laughs> I had one client 
who I told him we were running a remarketing campaign. That was the whole thing. They approved the budget. But then for weeks he was sending me screenshots going, I can't believe we got onto news.com.au. I can't believe we got onto here. I can't believe we got onto there. And I kind of didn't end up having the heart to tell him, like, it's actually just for you. Yeah. <laughs> You're seeing all these ads because you visited the website. <laughs> he was just so excited. So, yeah. But it's working, right? Who <laughs> yeah. was getting that response? Thankfully, he wasn't clicking on them, so we weren't getting charged. Uh. Um, so you place them in considerations that are more for your display ads, and then with your search campaigns, it's more thinking about your keywords and your ads as well. So what are the keywords people actually, whoops, um, the keywords that people are actually searching for? And, um, you know, thinking about, about creative where, uh, what do we actually want to, want to say in those ads? And again, we can create lots of different variations of those ads and it's good to write at least three different variations. Um, Google ads actually offer responsive search ads now as well, where kind of similar to the dynamic Facebook ad, you can dump in a whole heap of headlines. I think it's like 15 headlines, um, four different descriptions and your um, link and they will do the hard work and, and, and combine all of all of those to see which one works best um, and by default the google ad search campaign setting is on auto optimize so it's going to test all of you know in those first few days your ads running it's going to test all of your different ad types and then it's going to see is there a preference for the ads that people tend to be clicking on or tend to be converting on and it'll automatically start showing the the higher converting ads so it's good to have have a lot of different options in there to make the most of those um, machine learning yeah. options that we have available within the platforms now. I think I actually popped that slide in the wrong section. Sorry. Just let me go back, 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 back. There we go. Yeah. Guidelines. Yes. I got a bit confused there. Sorry. Um, so yeah, guidelines. Yeah. Both of the platforms have guidelines. Yes, they do. Yeah. So your ads aren't going to show immediately. No. That's kind of the big thing to keep in mind. They will go under review. And they do need to be approved before they start. Yeah. I find um, Facebook ads do get approved for the most part quite quickly, but there are some that you would, I would think, uh, you know, this is, I've just added another ad to this campaign, but it would take a few hours to do. There are some instances, um, you know, if there's too much text in your image, Facebook gives you kind of a flagging, you can request a manual review. If they think you're, um, discriminating in some way mm. all these things come up so you can request a manual review and sometimes those um happen quite quickly for me but other times i've seen it's taken you know a day or so mm. to kind of get through the system yeah google advised leaving up to 24 hours i generally find it's quicker mm. i generally find they're approved within a couple of hours but they do say allow up to up to 24 hours so that's just something to keep in mind if it is a time sensitive yeah. campaign or you've got an offer in there or something yeah um, that, that you may need that extra time. And for the search campaigns, there are some editorial guidelines around um, what you can include in your ads. And a lot of them will actually be, you know, won't even allow you to save it if it's picking, you know, automatically picking up some of those. So things like you can't use all capital letters. Um, <laughs> yeah, shout out people! <laughs> um, you can't use multiple, multiple exclamation marks. Mm. You can't even use an exclamation mark in the headline of a, mm. of a search ad and then there's the actual content as well and there's you know, certain topics you can't um, advertise or there may be some, some issues with advertising regarding um, trademarks or perks, like certain topics like yeah. drugs and guns and yeah all those things <laughs> so so worthwhile reading those if you are in potentially any of those areas which might be seen as a little bit more controversial which is allowing that time for approval as well yeah that little sorry slide in the wrong spot um, and then lastly, track and measure, track and measure, track Yay! and measure. Yay! Oh, the data. So my big recommendation would be to set up your tracking or make sure it's working before your campaign starts. Yes. So um, think about what it is. You know, we're kind of going back to the start there with, you know, what is your campaign goal or objective that is going to help you know whether or not it's working and is it something that you can measure. Um, there's been a number of times where I've kind of been called in at the end of a big campaign, like someone's just spent eight weeks rolling something out and they want to try and track back and see how many of these conversions oh, yeah. were actually 
you know, attributed to a certain ad campaign. And some of it, while we say, you know, it's digital, you can track everything, um, certain things actually need to be planned yes. in advance. And it can be difficult to kind of isolate that traffic if, if um, you know, you aren't using things like campaign URLs mm. or you haven't integrated some of these these tools with your uh, Google Analytics or those types of things. So, so spend a bit of time thinking about that beforehand and doing that testing. And then you can obviously see, are you getting more traffic to your website? Are you getting more conversions? Are they coming from the places? Um, and, you know, make use of those automated tracking options uh, such as, you know, Google Analytics goals and, and Facebook pixel there as well. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having Jen. me. Thank you for listening to the Dobcast. I hope you feel inspired and prepared to do your best online. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also follow us online. We're at Scout Social on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.